options are not nice necessarily because it makes us think. And when you're trying to book a meeting, you don't want to make the person think. Hello, entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura L. Bernhard. Welcome back to the Marketing Bound podcast, where we offer inbound marketing tips to get you more traffic, more leads, and more success. Maxim Donchenko is the founder of The Favorite Design. He helps businesses design beautiful websites. And today, we focus on landing pages. We go through the anatomy of the perfect landing page, best practices for each section, and what people get wrong in their landing pages. We discuss when copywriting should be done and how to make sure you perfect your next landing page. So if you have a website, this episode is for you. Maxim, welcome to the Marketing Bond Podcast. I am so excited to talk about the anatomy of the perfect landing page. And so everybody knows, I'm going to ask Maxim a few questions, and then we're going to go through the order in which you should have your landing page. We're going to go through each section, and Maxim is going to tell us the best practices for that section, and then going to tell us what people normally get wrong. So... Let's just dive into it. My first question to you before we start getting into all the section is what is the biggest mistake people make, specifically service-based entrepreneurs or service-based businesses? What's their biggest mistake when it comes to landing pages? So it really depends again of the business, but um, a lot of businesses don't think of a website as necessarily their conversion-based Website, so it's not their priority. The priority of the website, the way it was designed, was not to make sales. So most of the time, they consider it as a resource website. So where people would just go and they would be like, okay, so they do kind of this. They have like this blog, and they look like a business, and that's what they use their website for. So their biggest problem is that they they really underestimate the power of landing pages. If the traffic that you drive to a website that is targeted to a specific demographic, to a specific, it's like your ideal client that you want to work with, your landing page can be extremely successful in driving new clients to your business. Yes. And for everyone who doesn't know, Maxim has a great TikTok account. I'll link it in the show notes, but he has great informative videos on landing pages and conversions. And one of your TikToks was about how some companies literally convert millions and millions of dollars on their landing pages. Absolutely. So because basically what happens is that, yes, your homepage and your, your whole website, basically, it's, it's if it's done right, it's targeting one specific public. So one specific, uh, one specific audience. So what happens then is that what happens if a company is expanding and they want to go for different segments of the market? So now they want to try to go for, for example, if you're a B2B company uh, and usually you deal with SaaS companies. And then at this point, you're like, oh, well, we've worked with a lot of SaaS companies and we think we can now make a big, big, big uh, difference in the marketing niche and also for companies that are, for example, in the, like, let's say, in the car, uh, like the the vehicles, they they sell cars, for example. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
they're like, okay, so we're not going to change our whole website just to say that now we're working with this type of companies. We still want to show that we work with SaaS companies, but those are different segments that we want to target. So how do we do that, right? The answer would be to make different landing pages, which are landing pages just designed to target one specific demographic. This way you don't need to add on to your website like a lot of text would just make your website seem more general. So a lot of people that are going to come on your website be like, okay, so with who are you working with? You're working with so many companies, so many industries. This landing, creating landing pages that are custom to a specific industry allows you to be extremely specific to your target audience. And basically when your ideal client would read that specific landing page, they would be like, oh, so they know exactly, exactly what I'm going through. They know exactly what I need. And I'm happy that they're talking only about me. So that's why landing pages have that specific power. Yeah. I remember I used to work for a SaaS company and they would only focus on the products that they were offering. Mm -hmm. But every single product that they offered or solution had a different target audience, multiple target audiences. And I would always tell them, I'm like, talk about who you're reaching. Who is it for? What are their pain points? So translating that to service-based entrepreneurs, usually they only have one or two target audiences, but making sure you're really nailing their pain points and making that landing page for them. I Absolutely. Always, <clears throat> I always think about landing pages as almost like a gift to your target audience. Mm -hmm. Kind of like that guide. Absolutely. Like, that's true. Here you go. It's for you. Because if you're making it for yourself, you're doing it wrong. Absolutely. Right? You're so right. And also there is this book. It's called, I think, My Story Brand. Or Building My Story Brand or My Story Brand. Yes. I don't know if you know it. Maybe Steve yeah, and J-Pop talked about it. <laughs> it's very possible because he loves that book. But anyways, he also recommended me that book to me. Mm -hmm. And um, that book is extremely good at explaining how also, well, basically it's it's really for branding and for basically like also building a business, but the same rules apply to building a website as well. It needs to have a goal and it needs to target a specific audience. And you are not the hero. You're not saying like, oh, me, me, me. I am the biggest company in the world. I can offer all the services in the world. I can offer you the best service in the world. That's not about that. It's about you're the guide. Your client is the hero and you want to help your client, which is the hero, achieve his purpose in life. Look at it like in the book, uh, My Story Brand, he, he references to the, like he has many examples, but one of the good examples is of Luke Skywalker, which is the hero. Yoda is the guide trying to teach Luke how to go through all his personal problems, mental issues that he has of like, you know, he discovers who his father is. He's trying to beat him, go through the dark, dark force, whatever. So that's what you are. You're Yoda and you're helping your clients defeat Darth Vader. Exactly. And I think when you put it in a movie context, that's when people understand it more. So mm -hmm. for everyone listening, think of your favorite show or show you're watching or a movie that you just watched. Every main character never makes decision on their own, a decision on their own. They always have help from another character and that other character is the guide. And that is basically you in terms of like your business. Always. That's right. It, 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 literally every single show, 
they never make their own decisions. They always run to a friend. They're like, should that's I right. date that guy? I don't yeah, know. That's true. And then always the God is like, yeah, you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's, it's, it's always like this. And if you, if you see, even in the book, he's like, I, he's like, I'm betting you, I'm showing you, like, I have the statistics that all the successful movies that, again, it's not 100% confirmed that if you respect all of those, how to say, like the structure he tells you in the book, like you're going to get the best movie in the world. But mm-hmm. he says, if you respect what I'm telling you, and if you do what I'm telling you, you're going to at least have a, like a very high chance of being like on the, like, for example, to be one of the biggest movies of the year. So, and that's, if you look, for example, especially Pixar movies, because those movies, they have like, they, they communicate story even like in a, such a clear way, even kids can see it. They can right away understand who is the villain, uh, what's the intentions of the villain, uh, what's the intentions of the good guy. And that needs to be clear for your clients as well. You need to understand what are their intentions? You have to understand where they're trying to go. What are the problems? That's something you all like. You're like the director of the movie. You have to understand all of that for your client, and then come and be like, "Look, this is what you're trying to do. So I can help you go there." So that's basically the mentality you want to achieve. And your website is basically this is basically communicating all of that. That's a great way of putting it because sometimes I, I see when businesses make a landing page, they really make it for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. But I think that's a good way of putting it. Like you're the director of the movie. You're not Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. That is your client. <laughs> that's your quote of the year. <laughs> that's how you we're should put it on your LinkedIn. Episode. <laughs> oh yeah. You should put it on your LinkedIn. Oh, quote it everywhere. Oh, that's so good, actually. <laughs> okay, perfect. So let's jump into the correct order of a landing page. And as we go through them, I think we should actually start with what people get wrong. I think that's more interesting. And then tell us how to do it correctly. So let's start from the very, very top of the landing page. Let's start with the menu. Mm-hmm. So I know you can have a menu in the middle, on yep. the side. Yeah. Not necessarily on the other side. It's mm-hmm. usually on the top right. Yeah. I think I'm reversed in terms of looking at yeah. you, but... But uh, I get you. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So what do people get wrong about their menus? So it's overstaffing it. So you don't want to have tons of links in there. You want to make sure your website is... Even companies that have very... like They've been existing for a lot of years. They have a lot of resources. They have a lot of case studies. They have a lot of info. And I know it's it's you want to show it to other people. But the problem is, is to shove it in the face of everyone. It's, you know, it's clutter. And at the end of the day, you want to structure it properly so that the nav bar is as clean as possible. You want to maybe have like maybe maximum five links in there. And maybe two of those links is going to have like a dropdown one's going to have more links. But even then, the dropdown is going to also be structured in a way. So it's very important to have a structure, not just put links and be like, okay, well, here are the links and just the client is going to, well, potential client, he's going to decide where to go. So yeah, it's following that story. Yeah, exactly. Following the story. And for everybody who doesn't know, nav bar is navigation bar. So that was great. So don't over clutter it. And best practices is like max five. And then if you need to add more links, try drop down menu, but you don't want a million things at the top 
you want to be directing your website visitors. Absolutely. Okay. So then the next part of a landing page is like the header, the top part. Yeah. What do people get wrong about that? I'm sure there's so many things, but so it's also it's also called the hero section. So that section, it's the section that contains pretty much the most important thing on your website, which is the title. The title is sometimes I would say it might be it's underrated because of the fact that a lot of companies, the way they do it, it's like if they do a title without like, again, going to the story brand, it's like if they haven't analyzed who they're talking, they haven't analyzed who they are, what's their positioning. You have the title is the first thing that person is going to see when he lands on your website. So it has to say literally what you do. It has to say, even if it's possible, say what you do, the benefits of what you do. If you operate in a certain area, for example, let's say you operate only in, I don't know, in Ontario, the, you know, in the, in the, in the region of Ontario. So you would include that in there as well. So benefits. So what you do and also the location, the area. And uh, yeah, that's what you want to include in there. So if you can really knock out those three things, that's one of the best titles because that title will pretty much answer the the main question. So what the heck is your company doing? <laughs> because most of the people, you come on their website, you read their titles like, okay, let's read the description, which is under the title, which usually there is a description. And you read that and you're like, uh, okay, so a software that does a lot of sorting and a lot of things. And, but what do you do? And that's the problem. The same, yeah. I made the same mistake on my website for this podcast where I don't even remember what I had there before, but I think it was just the latest episode or like there was no explanation, no nothing. And someone went on the website and I asked him for his opinion. He's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, but what is your web like? What is this website for? Yeah, he's like, you can't even tell that it's a podcast. Yeah, he's like, you have to tell people it's a podcast, the benefits. It's basically you have to address who, what, where, when, why, mm-hmm. the like the five W's in your header yeah. in the least amount of words. Absolutely. So the the like that's why copywriting is so important in a website. Like it goes together. Like you cannot. Even don't even think of creating a web a website if you don't have the right copy for it. The the header needs to if if you're a very good copywriter, you you could manage to create a headline that is short and answers everything the person needs to know in three seconds. So, question for you: Should the copy be done first, or should the design be done first? So the way it works is that first of all, the wireframe and the wireframe is just the layout of things. So first of all, you need to do a wireframe, which lay, lay out how the website would be, what's the structure of the website, what's the anatomy, what section goes where on the page. Which once is what that we're is talking done, about. Exactly. <laughs> and once that's done, you can fill up those sections with the right text. Once the text is there, then you can design the website. The, the visuals and everything, the aesthetics. And that is the anatomy of the perfect landing page, guys. That's right. <laughs> That's right. As simple as that. It's just three of these steps. It's just that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. it sounds so simple. I know, right? Um, okay, so we did the menu. We did the header. Yeah. Now, the next one is the features. Yeah. So the, the features... Again, this is kind of tricky because 
you can talk directly about your features of your product if the, the product is clear in the header, if people already understand what you're selling, if they know, don't know what, what you're doing, you're talking about the features. Features of what? Yeah. Features of I think people get that wrong a lot. Exactly. Like no matter if it's like a product or service, they're just like, if I have a service, then I'm like the best in the world. And um I do it in like the fastest time and for the cheapest price. That's like, right. Yeah. It's and and like what okay. And everyone <laughs> says the same thing, right? Yeah. It's like one of the things, like maybe we're going off topic, but that one thing is very important and I see it so much. Some of the clients I get, they, they come and they say, uh, so, well, I say them, so what's the differentiation factor? What, why are you different? And this is a basic question. A lot of designers ask it. Like it's, it's a common question. Mm-hmm. And um, most of them, they, they have those common differentiation factors. Like our customer service is extremely important for us and we deliver all the time and we care about all our customers. That's something all the business in the world, like every business in the world needs to do that. Like it's not a differentiation factor. It's like a requirement to be a business. I was going to say that. Yeah, exactly. Because after the header, everyone thinks that they should be putting the features, but you should be putting the benefits, how you're helping your Mm -hmm. target audience, because that is where you differentiate yourself. If you're, let's say you're, I don't know, a personal trainer Mm -hmm. and every personal trainer had a website, every single website would look exactly the same if everyone just focused on features. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you that's, have to, you have to differentiate Exactly. And you have to, once you, you know who you're targeting, you can make it so specific about their specific problem. Because if you think about it, like why would anyone create a business today if everything was invented? Everyone was already like targeting a public, like obviously not because... There is an audience for everything and for every little thing in the world, there's an audience. There can be literally an audience just for, like there is actually, just for your keyboards, keycaps. Like yeah. <laughs> it's so specific. Yeah. And it's, it can be like, like it's something like some people don't, don't care about at all. However, if it's someone that is like a gamer or whatever, and you say, oh, well, that keycap, when you click on it, it feels like this. And no more... The, of this feeling and, and th- if this is something you live through and you know that's actually the reality and that actually yes it does feel amazing that you brought a new solution the way you talked about it is that's what differentiates you is that mm-hmm. you found something that you can make a change somewhere where anyone else can't yeah exactly and i think that for anyone who's having trouble differentiating their services or doesn't know what their differentiator is Think about why you started your business in the first place. Where did you see that there was a gap that you thought that you can fill? You must have started your business, your service for a specific reason. Let's say you're a marketing agency. There are a gajillion marketing agencies that help with every single part of marketing, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. But you started your marketing agency because whatever you answer, that is probably your differentiator. Because you're like, hmm, I can do this better or I can do that better or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so when you get to this part of your landing page, that's where you have to tell your website visitors that that's that's why you're different. Or Mm -hmm. else they can just go to the next 
Joe or John or whatever and get the same service. That's right. Okay. So after the benefits section, call to action. I was on a website the other day, Mm -hmm. someone I was talking to, and they're like, I don't know why I don't have, (laughs) I don't have any leads. (laughs) And I looked at their website and I was like, well, there are no call to actions. (laughs) And for anyone who doesn't know, call to action, consider it a button or telling your website video to get in a website video, website visitors (laughs) to get in contact with you. So at this point, what do people, other than just not putting a call to action, what do people get wrong about call to actions on their website? One of the big mistakes is to put a lot of them. So if you put, for example, a big common mistake is that you're like, okay, so this is the, either, either it's the hero section. Some people put a CTA there, which is a call to action. Or you can put it in the call to action section and you decide to put two buttons, for example, for book a meeting and the other one, enter your email and it would redirect you somewhere else. The problem with having two is that you know, like, you're thinking like, it makes sense. I'm giving the user the option. I'm nice. But the problem with that is that options are not nice necessarily because it makes us think. And when you're trying to book a meeting, you don't want to make the person think. And if you're probably in sales, you might probably know that when you're calling the person and you, and you want to book a meeting, you're either telling them, you don't let, let them be, so when do you want to meet the next week? You're not saying that. You're saying uh, next week on Tuesday, on Monday, uh, sorry, on Tuesday, like at 12 or at 1. And you're make sure, you're trying to make sure that the options are as small as possible so that they don't need to think about it. They just have to say yes. So by offering one button, that's the best way to go. They'll click it right away. So it's not it's not necessarily like the quantity. It's also the type of call to action that people exactly. get wrong. Well, you, you want to make sure that your call to action is, yeah, it's preferably to have one offer. Okay. On all your website or just like on the page? On the page. The, okay, again, okay. Like if it's a landing page mm-hmm. and you're selling a product, for example, your offer is free 30-day trial. Stick with that. Don't offer anything else unless it's another section that talks about, do you need help or do you want uh, like an FAQ? Do you want answers? Contact us, uh, something like that. But if don't, preferably not put one next to another different options. It I just, used to work, you know. yeah, I used to work for a company where all their landing pages had three options. Mm. three call yeah. to actions. Yeah, that's not good. And they would keep them there because they used to get a lot of signups, mm-hmm. right? But they were all shit signups. Mm-hmm. So like people would sign up, they would sign up to multiple of them, number one. Mm-hmm. And then number two, people were so confused and there was no customer journey to lead them down yeah. that they would just drop off. They would just be like, no, I don't want to deal with this company. Mm-hmm. So I know it seems counterintuitive uh, because you think you're being nice and putting mm-hmm. a lot of options for your website visitor, but Maxim, Maxim is right. Um, just stick to one per page. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can put many buttons, in right? Different sections. In different sections, yeah. but uh, it's just one offer. So let's move on to testimonials. That after a call to action, that makes sense? It makes a lot of sense, yeah. Okay, so what do people get wrong with that? 
So testimonials, usually I don't see anyone really go wrong with it. It's really, again, real testimonials, please. <laughs> so real testimonials from your business. And uh, you can't really overdo it. Like you can put like 10, like it's not a lot. Like it's it's not necessarily, you cannot put too much. Like if you put uh, 20, 30, it only reassures the person that you did a lot of business. And uh, again, if like, it, it, then it depends. They want to go for testimonials that are like more case study testimonial, like like two testimonials, but they're testimonials with numbers, with what you, how did you improve their blah, blah, blah. How did you improve their da, la, la. That's good. And also putting a lot of testimonials is good as well. So then, I, yeah, I don't really see people going wrong with that. Uh, some people, some companies, they it's it's very rare to see that, but uh, they might think that, oh, we're like such a big company. We'll just put uh, logos of people with who we worked with, but like of companies with who we worked with. But it's 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 not it's it's not enough. You would prefer we have testimonials. I think that's such a good point. That people replace testimonials with the logos. They think mm-hmm. that is the only trust they need to build with their audience, mm-hmm. but. I think the bottom line is like try to get testimonials no matter what. Logos are fine, but those testimonials are key. Absolutely. Okay. So after testimonials, there's the footer. Mm -hmm. So I see a little bit of both where some people like really do not use it. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of like copyright 2020. (laughs) It's copyright Mm -hmm. 1999. (laughs) (laughs) You know? They can yeah. just do that or they have a footer that is 20 miles long. Yeah. <laughs> so what do people get wrong about the footer? And in this case, how can people leverage it to better serve their business? Okay. So footers, if you have a big website, you'll have a lot of pages. And a footer is made for you to, to show all of your pages against structured in a structured way. Because also a footer... A lot of people, I uh, some businesses I work with, the way they read the websites. When, for example, I told them like, "Oh, check out this company, your rival. They do something. They do this very nicely." They go, they go right away to the footer and they see all their pages and they're like, "Okay, service this case study." So they're like, you know, efficient, you know. And in the business world, that's what I noticed. And you want to make sure it's very again clean, just like the the navigation bar. However, if you have a very little site, like you have like three pages, sometimes two pages, you can have this little footer with like those two links and that's it. But if you have a big website, I would suggest you to include all of your links in there. It it might be very big, but it's okay. And like, again, just make sure it's clean. Also, there are some SEO benefits because again, uh, when Google crawls your page, it's literally they like they crawl your page and they see and they scan everything. And then at the end in the footer, they can see, oh, those are all the links that this website has. So this website is pretty huge. So and they can scan it easily. That's a really good point because even based off my behavior, whenever I can't find something in the navigation bar or on the home page, I immediately go down to the mm-hmm. footer. Like if I'm looking for a blog and I can't find it up at top, I'm like, oh, where is it? And I just go all the way to the bottom to find it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really telling of also considering your audience's behavior. If your Mm -hmm. audience behavior has a tendency to do something, try to find that out as early as possible before making your landing page so that you can include it on your landing page. Yep, that's right. Also, let's also talk about one more thing. 
okay. which is the newsletter sign up. Ooh, a lot of businesses everywhere, all over the place. They they put it. I'm kidding. Most I'm kidding of the time, <laughs> most of the time, they put it in the footer of every page. So every single footer yes. of every single page has a, a newsletter sign up. Let's be real. Do you sign up at any B two B business newsletter? Let's be real. No. I don't think no one does that. No. So that's the problem. Like, first of all, it creates clutter. It's something that no one needs there. And no one is going to use it anyways. So like, you have to find a way of, if you actually want, don't put it just for the sake of putting it there. Yeah. If you actually want, exactly. Just in case, what if someone wants? Yeah, just in case they don't sign up, they can sign up to the newsletter. Like Exactly. That's, that's, (laughs) That's not something you should do. And you should, if you actually want to collect emails, you can make a landing page just specifically with that specific call to action, which is try to collect emails. Try to collect emails. That's the only purpose of the of the of the page. Or what you could do is that on the there is a, obviously there is no like exact way of doing it. But for example, your landing page, you're selling a certain product, and then there is one section dedicated on a specific promotion that, for example, I don't know, let's say you sign up. Uh, if you sign up, you'll get uh, not just a discount, but you'll get, uh, I don't know, you'll get to talk with a specific representative and he'll might give you a discount and whatever. Let's say yeah. it's a special offer. So if it's a section with a special offer that actually like you articulate very well the offer, then you could put a sign up button with an email. Then it would work. Then the person actually knows, okay, if I sign up, I get something, and you could also also when you when you click on the sign up, when you sign up, you're going to receive those type of she, she, uh, like cheat sheets, mm-hmm. uh, or you're going to receive exclusive content, or you're going to receive something. Again, be creative because everyone does cheat sheets. And give more than yeah. you take. If you're going to take somebody's email, make sure you're giving them something for it. People are not just going to sign up because you put it in the footer. <laughs> That's right, and. Uh, like, I don't know about you, I, I never sign up to any newsletter anymore unless it's very good. Like, unless it actually gives me something. Unless I'm getting something. Yes. Exactly. Because I also think that people just kind of put the newsletter sign up as a default, like the just in mm-hmm. case, when in reality, and I might be wrong, so you can correct me on this, but it should really just be on the blogs or whatever content you have, because the customer journey you want people to take on the blogs is reading the blogs, but they're never going to sign up for your service because they don't know who you are, but they might sign up to your newsletter. Mm -hmm. Whereas on your landing page for your service, the customer journey for that landing page is learn about the, how you differentiate from everybody else. And then they might sign up to want to work with you. That's right. So it's like, different parts of the customer journey and you have to separate them. Don't just put your newsletter box everywhere. That's right. <laughs> and and for example, e-commerce websites, a few do it very well. For example, dbrand, I don't know if you know that company, they, they're doing skins for phones. Like for example, like my phone, like there is a military skin not sponsored by the brand. You said skin, so, and I heard skims, and I'm like, Kim Kardashian? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm like, so, <laughs> I think they're doing pretty well. Million dollar company, but I was like, I didn't realize Maxim was into skims. <laughs> I promise you, I'm really not. <laughs> so, so yeah, for example, if you look at this this brand, they they have a, such a, an amazing community 
so that when they have a product that they're working on, maybe it's a concept product. They're like, oh my, like we're working on a new skin made out of like out of real leather. And then they're going to be like, we can notify you if you want when it comes out. So you're the first to get it. Okay. I want to sign up for it. If I actually like the brand. So like, then there is a purpose for signing up, even though I hate signing up to newsletters, I signed up for that one because I wanted to know when it comes out and possibly order it. But and also you've built that trust with that brand. That's right. You already trust them. That's yeah. a whole other conversation. Yeah, but, that's true. But definitely part of it. Like when, when you know you're working on your brand and building trust with your customers, you don't add those random call to actions everywhere. That's right. Because you understand where they are in their journey, depending on where they are on your mm-hmm. on your website. That's so, right. Yes. Okay. So my last question for you is tools to optimize your landing page. What can all the listeners do? Because they're probably doing it themselves mm-hmm. to optimize their landing page and, and test you like user testing, yeah. see what's working and what's not. So again, the reality here is that to test, you need a lot of traffic. And when I mean a lot of traffic, you know, at least in the 150 a month, like already, you could start testing at that level. If you'd have something less than that, honestly, testing, you will not see really big a big difference. Mm-hmm. However, what you could do if you're still into optimizing your website for, uh, for conversions, let's say you have less than 150. It's not really... You, you shouldn't be necessarily testing. You have nothing to test. You don't have enough traffic to look at the user behavior and be like, okay, people click here. I should do a change here. So instead, what you could do, and I did a video about it on the on the YouTube channel, is that uh, you can see there is now AI tools. The one I'm using in the video, it's called 3M VAS. And 3M, by the way, that does the uh, like the, the sticky stuff, you know, like that goes on stuff. Like 3M, the company, like everything. Oh. Oh, like yes, the I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yes. So that company designed that tool, which is an AI that analyzes a page. You tell them either it's a poster, either it's um, a web page, either it's a logo, like anything it is, you indicate that. And then the AI, according to all the data they've collected of users, users browsing websites, uh, looking at different posters and everything, it tracked their eyes, where they're looking. So now when you're basically posting that, uh, like giving your, your image, your, your, your image of your website, it basically tries to like look at the data it collected and the AI basically is like a human being and he predicts where users might be looking. So then you have a heat map, which is basically, you know, a heat map where you see like the hot spots where the person is looking when it's the person's not looking there, it's cold. And they have so much different information about it. And again, that's an AI predicting. So is it 100% accurate? No. But is it like maybe 90% accurate? Pretty much because at least it gives you a good idea of how is your design hierarchy of things? How is it guiding the user's eyes? And you can, uh, that already gives you a good hint of does your website do a good, could it do a good job at converting users? Yeah. That gives a lot of insight yeah. into even if you have a low number of visitors, just how they're navigating your website. Mm-hmm. That's right. And let's say you do have a lot of visitors. Let's say you have 300, 500 visitors a month. 
then what you could do is to uh, get a tool like um, Hotjar or mm-hmm. Crazy Egg. They're very similar. And uh, what they what they do is that they track all the users that come on your website and they track their behavior. They track their mouse behavior. They track uh, where they're going, how much time they're spending on which page. And you're basically seeing their whole behavior. This way you can see, okay, so maybe this page is too long because no mm-hmm. one scrolls past a certain point. And you can see all, all of the data and adjust accordingly. Obviously, a lot is is due to design itself. It's because of the colors. It's because of the, the layout of things. So most of the time, some things might require a designer to look at uh, because some things can be very complex. Some changes might be very complex. And then um, I'm not sure how to do it in Google Analytics. Mm-hmm. Everyone who doesn't have Google on Analytics on their website, just add it right after this yeah. episode. But you can even track when, where people click. Yeah, it's called the Google Tag Manager. Okay. So basically, that uh, it's it's within the last time I used it, which was like last week ago, was it's within Google Analytics, mm-hmm. and uh, it just it's like a regular setup, which basically it. You can go through your website and just also tag, for example, this button, uh, it's a call to action. This button, you give name to different elements and mm-hmm. you can also track what people click. And that's also a good, very good way. And also that's a free way. So yeah. if you don't True. have necessarily a budget for it, you can do it for free with Google Tag. Tag Manager, it's very nice. But if you want to be a little bit more fancy, you have like 30 bucks a month to spend. Like you can go with Crazy Egg and, and be more, more fancier and see the heat maps and stuff, which something... A web developer, web designer prefers because it's actually visual. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Another free way I just want to add this is if you write a landing page, especially based off this episode, the best way to see if you're on the right track is to give it to someone who doesn't know anything about your business and see if they can tell you what your business is about, your differentiator, and if they would click it or not. That's right. Right? Like yep. just getting someone to review. Whenever any one of us is creating something, we really have to take our ego out of it. And it's so hard to ask someone to review it and like criticize your work, but that's the best way to do it because you're going to help yourself. And that's also free. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? If you, if, uh, if you want, you could uh, send it to me and I would be actually pretty happy to review some of them. That would be pretty cool. And you can actually, well, no, maybe people won't want this, but I was going to say you can turn it into a YouTube video. And then, yeah, if I don't you, know, anybody or who's... maybe a loom, you, a know, loom? you can record your, your yeah. screen and send it to either me, maybe yeah. Laura, and we could, yeah. uh, we could help you out. Yeah. So, anyone who's listening, just reach out to us if you need help with your landing page. But that's a super good idea. And a great way to end this episode, Maxim, I loved having you here. So people know how to reach you. Please tell everybody. So you can reach me on my LinkedIn, which is uh, Maxim Donchenko. Or you can also go on the company website, uh, which is the agency I'm running, website development and website design. Uh, It's called uh, thefavoritedesign.com. And uh, also there we have a YouTube channel, also The Favorite Design. And also a TikTok, but the TikTok isn't my name. It's uh, maxim.don. So Donchenko, but just yeah. Don. <laughs> but I'm sure Laura is going to include all of the links I'm down in the description. 
all of them in the Perfect. show notes. Not to worry, you can definitely reach out. You're gonna you're there gonna is, be able to find Maxim, no problem. There is one thing I would like to add. Just one thing. Absolutely. So, yes. Yes, we talked about it, about the structure of the landing page. However, let's be real. There is no structure necessarily that is right. Mm-hmm. You can be as creative as you can. At uh, like obviously, if you're more expert. You can really be as creative as you can. You can make it as short as possible. You can really play with the sections, uh, with the hierarchies. You can. It's it's very, it's a creative job. It's there is it's not something technical. But it's like you. It's like one plus one equals two. Like it's like the the game here is really what can you do to increase the chances of conversion, to increase the chances of someone buying, and that it's a creative job. You have to think. You have to be creative about how you do the layout and everything. So there is no right way of doing it. You can really be creative about it too. But if it doesn't work, then you're wrong. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if it doesn't work, you have to adjust, you know. <laughs> you can be creative, but there, yeah. there is an anatomy. There is an anatomy, which is proven. Proven is, to work. You there can is be certain layouts within that are the sections. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's better to to stick with layouts that already exist and because you know that they work pretty well. Yeah. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, guys. Yeah. Just make sure uh, that you follow the order that we were talking about, the structure, the best practices. And we hope this helps. Thanks so much, Maxim. All right. It's a pleasure. 